0: Just rejoined the Tar Road in Marikera National Park on its way up to the top of the Waterberg Mountain. The Tar Road is a single lane road, so that if there's cars coming in the other direction, you have to find a little pullover so that cars can pass. It was originally a road run by uh, the communications people, Centec and Telcom and the SABC, because they've got communication towers on top of the Waterberg Mountain, which Waterberg Mountains, where there's good position, good reception for the communication needs of the country and since the land around the Waterberg was taken over and is now operated by South African National Parks, the road is used to give people access to the top of the mountain and experience a rather special experience. Because where we are now is in uh, a sort of woodland zone. So all around me as I tootle along, there's trees and grass and quite a sort of good coverage of vegetation. But as I look before me and see the the road rising up, probably one, maybe even two kilometers above uh, the altitude that I'm at now, the vegetation changes completely. The, the trees cannot grow on the exposed mountaintop and those that do are very hardy uh, there's some uh, proteas up there uh, which is quite quite amazing and um, yeah it's pretty windswept up there and there's a different uh, with that different habitat there's different uh, bird and animal species that you don't get uh, lower down in fact some of these species uh, you wouldn't associate with this part of Limpopo province at all Uh, They're more sort of Drakensberg mountain species. Uh, So yeah, it's a special opportunity to to get up there. And uh, yeah, um, if one can imagine it, the the sort of scenery looking back down the mountain at the surrounding vista is quite breathtaking as well. So I'll try and share a bit of that with uh, the listeners as I go along. I'm just pausing. You might be able to hear the little yaps a uh, flock of european beaters they've just returned from their migration they breed in europe in summer time and in winter time they come down through africa and spend the northern winter in uh, in south africa and they're a very colorful bird and the name implies they they feed on bees and other insects and yeah very colorful they've got uh, yellows and blues browns and that sort of thing and they've got a long curved beak that they use to catch the insects and I'm just stopping now next to a rhino midden. A rhino midden is where the latrine where they sort of deposit their feces to mark their territory and then they sort of stomp through it and the scent and the sort of marking acts as a deterrent to to other members of their kind saying this is where I live. Um, Imagine if we as humans did that, we sort of pooed in a place just to say that this is are terry. I don't quite think so. But of course, because rhino are exclusively herbivorous and feed on, on grasses, especially the, the white rhino feeds exclusively on grasses. The black rhino is, is a browser and will feed on thorns and leaves. So their the dung doesn't smell. Yeah, not like ours. Okay, the scene before me as the road heads in probably a north north northeasterly direction. The stretch I'm on at the moment has a pretty shallow gradient, probably about one to five. And on my right hand side are some big hills that reach climax in a sort of rounded top, and they're probably about a kilometer above where I am now. The one sort of at one o'clock to the direction I'm driving in is like a huge big castle and the sun is behind it at the moment so it's sort of shaded it's, well, it's totally totally in, in shade uh, later on in the day when the sun has moved around and is striking it, the sort of uh, cliff face will be reds and goldens and, and greys and it's quite spectacular but at the moment it just looms over like the sort of fortress of a medieval castle. It's raised on the right-hand side and sort of left-hand side would probably be the sort of body of, of the castle but yeah, it's quite an impressive site and that's the ultimate destination the towers that I spoke of are on the sort of plateau of the mountain just behind that and you've probably heard about one of Marichela's claim to fame is the Cape Vulture Colony uh, Cape Vultures are cliff breeders and Marakele is home to one of the largest colonies on the planet because they're a bird that's restricted to to South Africa There's here at Marakele, there's another big one up in the Bloberg mountains a little further north and I think one further to the east in the, the, the Blader River mountains but uh, yeah, we can be rightly proud of the one that's here The moment as I drive, I'm looking straight into the sun. It's shining in my eyes. I've had to put on a pair of sunglasses. It's only 20 to 8 in the morning and already the sun is remarkably hot. The temperature gauge on my car says 28 degrees. So I think we're in for another scorcher today. The last two days have been up at around 40 degrees centigrade and it's been unbearably hot. and the wind has been blowing and the wind is a warm wind and that doesn't make things uh, better either. I'm just stopping in a bit of shade at the moment. There's a tree euphorbia which is a type of a succulent that uh, grows to the same sort of height as, as, as tall trees, maybe 10 metres above the ground. Uh, but unlike your normal tree that has uh, branches and, and leaves, this one is more like a cactus um, that sort of fleshy succulent with, with shark, sharp thorns and spikes uh, for its protection. So quite a curious looking thing, but uh, very beautiful. The moment the path I'm on is descending down into a valley uh, before we ultimately start the, the steep drive up the incline to the, the mountain top um, there's a little gravel road to my left that ordinarily is a 4x4 route for 4x4 enthusiasts who've um, got an off-road vehicle with them it's called the Embedi Loop it's 9 kilometers but at the moment it's closed um, not sure why, but I know they're doing a lot of routine maintenance of the roads in the park at the moment. So I'm sure it's only a temporary arrangement. Yeah, so we're going to be descending down to the bottom of this little valley. We're still in the sort of woodland, grassland type habitat, and although I can't see it any at the moment, there's still a fair amount of your traditional African game, your large herbivores, I mentioned the white rhino earlier, perhaps some zebra, some kudu, even the odd elephant troop might uh, come up to these parts, but then as we get up towards the top of the mountain, the, the type of animals we'll encounter will be will be a little bit different, but I'll talk a bit more about that when we get there. Just seen my first violet backed starling of the season. They're an intra Africa migrant, unlike the beaters I mentioned earlier. They don't go all the way to Europe but just go to further north in Africa and then return to South Africa where they breed in our summer. And males and the females, vastly different in coloration. The bird is quite a small bird, probably about the size of your clenched fist. The female is quite a sort of camouflage colour, um, a rich brown on the back with a whitish chest with um, speckles on its chest, but the male has a pure white chest and its back is completely shimmering purple or violet as the, as the name implies. It's an amethyst colour if you know your precious stones and yeah, its old name was the plum-coloured starling. So when you plum, that's the colour of a plum that you're eating. And yeah, when their feathers get seen in, in sunlight, they sort of glimmer like a jewel. A really an attractive bird. And yeah, that one's obviously freshly back from its winter holiday or break. And yeah. Up until this point, the slope has been fairly gentle and I've just pulled over at the side of the road just to describe the sheer drop of the cliffs of the mountain i described as a castle earlier. Um, When I look at the top of the horizon to the top of the mountain there's this drop of probably two, three hundred meters maybe even more straight down from the top and yeah, an incredible spectacle and then the slope of the mountain that props up those cliffs is also extreme you know, it would be a real sort of walk or scramble to to get up there and would take a person a very long time yeah, looming over, over us and uh, as I look to my left on this thing I can see what's known as a clip springer which is a rock jumper. It's a type of antelope that specializes in um, mountainous and uh, rocky areas. It's got very nimble feet uh, allowing it to sort of bounce over the rocks in a sure-footed manner and Yeah, it's quite small probably only about half a meter above the ground and they usually hang out in pairs and I believe that they mate for life and are very devoted to their partner which is in contrast to some of the other antelope that have the rutting season every, every year and fight for the right to, to a herd of females that they can, they can mate with. Um, The road is getting rather steep now and as I described earlier, it's a single lane track and to enable it to sort of scale the height of the mountain. It does a lot of contouring and so there's some really sharp and blind bends so one has to be very careful. What's also not great is because um, all the various natural processes there's a lot of potholes in the road that have developed so it's not always a smooth surface so I have to take great care not to, mm, not to ram into any and yeah, hopefully no one's rushing around the corner I'm going to bash into me. So it's quite a treacherous drive, but exciting and very beautiful. come over a rise and got my first clear view of the towers that lie ahead of me and that's my ultimate destination on this drive probably still another two or three maybe even more kilometers to to get there and there's four towers one is telecommunication tower that's run by Telcom. I think one is a military tower for their military communication and Another one is run to do with the SA,BC and trans- transmitting uh, television here in South Africa. So they're quite important uh, features in the South African context. And although they sort of contrast with the natural beauty of the surrounding area, you know it gives you a, a destination, and yeah, if it wasn't for those towers being up there, we probably wouldn't have the opportunity to go on this drive. But yeah, it's, it's special on both sides of the road now are looming cliffs towering above me. But we're getting out of the sort of woodlands zone and already there's a lot of protea trees uh, dotting the sort of slopes on the sides of the road. There's one at about 4 o'clock to, to where I'm sitting now that is in bloom and has a couple of pinky red flowers um, on it. And yeah. It's a beautiful scene.